welcome to this week's episode of the Earwig Review. I hope things are going good on your end. Um, Over here, we're really just waiting for the baby to arrive. Um, The baby is full term, which I think is the correct phrase. And that means that she could come at any point and she's ready to go. So that's exciting. Um, and we're ready. I'm, I'm scared to go to the hospital and be in the whole process of delivering. Um, I'm not so scared that I'm losing sleep or, you know, incredibly anxious about it, but, um, but I'm, I'm scared of that. It's going, it's, it just is intense. How could you not be scared? Um, but that's coming up. So I think really, and I feel like I may have said this before, but I'm really looking forward to being back home with our baby. That's like the next, um, that's the next tentpole moment for us coming soon. This time next month, we'll be in that position because they'll, even if she's late, she'll, they'll induce her and, you know, we'll move on with it. So really in a month from now, that will be the, the latest that, uh, that she'll come for all I know. We might, she might be born tomorrow. This is a possibility that we have to be ready for. And we are ready. So there's nothing to worry about. Um, I'm chipping away at um, doing my YouTube videos. I'm, I think each one is getting a little better. And I'm, I'm really happy about that whole process. And uh, we'll see how this next one turns out because I feel like I haven't been shooting as much. I didn't shoot as much this week as I did in previous weeks. But, um, you know, this is a, the, the thing that is that every week, even if I shoot three hours worth of footage or an hour and a half worth of footage, or whatever it is, um, I always think that it's like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to work. And then I upload all the footage and start reviewing everything. And I'm still like, I'll spend like a day and a half being like, I don't know if this is going to work. And then always it finds a way to work. So I think um, you just like everything else, uh, you can't be anxious. You cannot be anxious. You just have to do what you can in the moment and that and that will be all you need to do. That becomes more apparent to me with each passing day. Um, and I really enjoy that process. I feel like I learned it best f- from learning 
meditation, however many years ago, that that's what it taught me in uh, probably the, the, the most broad way is just this kind of ability to have a small amount of discipline for an extended amount of time, persistent discipline with one small action can lead to a um, can lead to change and can lead to progress. Um, and uh, that's the workflow for me. I think that's uh, when I'm able to be the best kind of version of myself. So what that means is you you can't panic along the way. You can't worry along the way. You can't be anxious along the way. That doesn't mean that you won't be panicking, worried, and anxious, but do what you can to just let it go and focus on the task at hand. And that's why doing a podcast can be so fun because I don't edit the podcast, so it is what it is. And uh, there's nothing I can do about it. About if, if I'm rambling like I often do or if I feel like I didn't do a great episode, just keep doing it, moving forward. No real plan most of it improvised and uh and i enjoy that that process a lot so that's one side of things and um and then i would so i think i'll end up talking about it in the posts um because i i know I, i wrote one about it in specific but and this might be Contrary to, to everything I just said, this is kind of like, I guess I'm uh, building an argument with myself. Um, writing poems is, I have this weird, it's a strange relationship because it's this archaic thing that I've always really enjoyed doing. And that I'm only enjoying doing more now than before. And I do it every day. And but what I've been doing with it is is um, doing it in the most just kind of fucking whatever way, like just not trying to make it good. Really, just trying to do the most natural just like expression of what's going on kind of just you know without editing much thinking too much about it just writing for the pure enjoyment of it all expressing a thought closing it down moving on to the next one but lately for the first time in uh, however you know however long since I was young, I've want, I'm like now I'm kind of like having the impulse of I want to make them good. Well, I want to put a little more into it, and uh, 
it's a dark path. <laughs> so that's, I guess that's the, the preface, but I think what it is, is me trying to, um, reconcile that like, like writing poems is so like, it's not a novel. It's not a feature film. It's, it's this unmarketable, unprofitable um, thing that just really doesn't even seem to have much of a place in the world, um, in today's world. Like literally Twitter, I think, just kind of was this really, there's all these little poems going out in the world, little, little fish, and this t Twitter thing just came and like ate it all. It's this like these small kind of like that whole form I think got kind of eaten up by by it that way. And I know that what I'm what I know that's bullshit, but I I think there's some something about um about that that makes the general use of poems kind of obsolete. And I think most of that energy went towards the Twitter verse, which is fine, really. Like I'm not, I really don't feel sore about that. It's more like um, a point of interest and confusion. Twitter, I never really. I went on. And I just didn't. It just didn't click for me. I just, I don't know. I just wasn't that. Didn't. I, just, I guess I didn't get it. Um, not in like a purist way of like, oh, writing shouldn't be here. I just, I just really didn't kind of click with it but I what I do click with is writing these little poems on I use uh, blogger.com which is I think also called blogspot.com um, <laughs> and uh, it's been around for a while and uh, I don't know it just seems like the one for me and then I read them on the podcast as you know so let's get into it um, I feel like the, all of everything I'm talking about will sort itself out in the post because I know I was writing about it quite a bit. So today's theme is about writing what it me about writing poems. That's what it is. Let's fucking get to the bottom of it. Um, let's figure it out. What is this fucking shit? Um, beginning with one called remember to write poorly in this moment i'm unsure what to write i've been sitting here for some time my thoughts are unclear i've lost sight of allow of allowing myself to write poorly as a discipline in itself i have to remember to write poorly i have to remember not to care as an antidote for caring to not allow myself to try to be more than what I already am. My thoughts are scattered and the sun is setting behind me. I have not written a great poem, but I'm happy to have reminded myself to let go of it. Um, so, this is what I'm kind of going back and forth with. This is like, 
to try to write a good poem is not fun. And to write a good poem needs to happen in its own time. I, I really, to me, it doesn't seem like agonizing over a poem is actually what makes it good. It just doesn't seem to be what works. I think you just, if you work on a poem too much, it becomes convoluted. The meaning gets lost. It becomes this puzzle to decode. And it's a lot, it's too much effort um, for people to read. That may have been more interesting a um, hundred years ago. Truly. But I don't think that that is, I think that's, that's obsolete. We, we have Wordle now, a game that I don't play but help out with every once in a while when my wife is stuck. I feel like that kind of tinkering around, people would, um, that's the function that poetry probably played. This is all, I have no, this is me spec. I'm making this shit up. I don't know if this is at all true, but that's, this is the, this is what I think is, might have been the case. But you see my point. So what's it worth now? And uh, I feel like I know what it's worth, but it's impossible to explain. I, I was... Um, there's so many different answers. And there it won't be one definitive answer. I care what the answer is, but... I also um, know how dumb it is to, um, it's better to just let it, let it happen. Um, and I think, you know, as the title of this poem is Remember to Write Poorly, I feel like I really, I really hope that um, for anyone listening that you have the ability to, you have the space to do that. You allow yourself the space and time to write poorly, to draw poorly, um, to eat poorly, <laughs> to do every, anything you want poorly. Um, I think I think that's really important. I regret saying eating poorly, you know, because really you could do without it. You really could. That's not, you don't have to do that. But writing poorly, being, being a bad creative person, when, you're, when it comes to your creativity, I really think you should do it as badly as possible. And I think I've felt like that for a long time not out of irony or defiance, but really because it's the most fun way to do it. And it's also the way to, I guess, uncover more um, unique truths about people, about each other. If, it's, if you're trying so hard and if you're so calculated and thinking so much about what it is, it, those are often just barriers between who you really are and what you're really trying to say and what what's this is really about and the real point of connection that someone else could make and um 
when you're just polishing things so much and making them so pristine and perfect, you just, you're, you're losing that all the time. So let it go. Just, just stop trying to make good things. And every once in a while, they'll be good because that's what they, because uh, that's what they were not because you tried to do that. Holding the camera again. I'm thinking of going to the camera store tomorrow to look at the cameras. It is always good to have a camera that you are happy with. You need to find one that you enjoy using. You need to, you need to find one that feels right in your hands. I'm thinking back to when I was 15 or so. I was filming my friend as he did stuff. I ran into the street to get a wider shot and I got hit by a truck and fractured my hip. Since then, I usually let someone else hold the camera. But lately, I have been enjoying holding the camera again. Um, this is a... Um, I think this is just one of those things in my life, one of these events that just really, like, seems to... Um, I'll never get over it. I'll never keep coming back to this moment in my life. What was this moment? Well, it was, it feels like it was really late at night in December, snow everywhere, super cold. Uh, streets are totally empty. And we would just film like whatever dumb videos we wanted to. And I was 15, 14 years old in that realm. And I was filming my friend and he was like, had all of these like cookies that he'd made. Um, and he was trying to sell them door to door. Um, but in our 15 year old minds, uh, <laughs> for some reason, like really, I don't, I wish I had the clarity of, of remembering what the concept really was. But I think we thought it was really funny that he was doing this late at night. And and it was like, he was like a girl guide, but he was, you know, he's like this 15-year-old guy and trying to sell them. <laughs> I don't know. that Even that, I, I don't, I think there was something else to the concept. But anyway, that's what we were doing at some in some way. And I was filming, I was like, had the camera and he was like, he hit the doorbell and, uh, and then they opened the door. I, I think like it all becomes a blur because literally I like started moving backwards to like get the wide shot. I didn't even know what a fucking wide shot was. I was like, film him close and then you go over somewhere else to get it, make it look different. And I ran into the street. And then this truck fucking hit me in the hip 
and I flew out of my shoes, my my uh, DC skate shoes with like the laces were all kind of ripped up from doing kickflips and all that. I remember they were. Uh, I remember how f- like they were stuck in the snow exactly where I got hit, and I flew out of my shoes, and then I f- and then I. That's kind of it. That's all I really remember. And then I think I remember pacing in a circle because I was in shock. And then I was in the back of an ambulance. And then I remember my parents were at the hospital. And then that's really, those are kind of the memories. And and I remember when the, when the truck hit me, the, the camera... Um, like just kind of burst into a million pieces. Like it must have, I must have like moved it towards the truck to kind of, um, I don't know, shield myself. But that camera like must have just been like in a million pieces. It seems like a dream, but this is this is what happened. So I was like, you know, fuck. Like, I was really enjoying making these movies, but it's dangerous <laughs> and it just kind of you know so it was still like i still made all these little movies after then but i never i was like the idea of being the camera person really was like you know not i think i, I was like that's someone else's thing now uh you know fast forward all these years start getting all these working in the film industry, getting all these set jobs. I didn't touch a camera the entire time. I wasn't, I wasn't interested, didn't want to. And then as I kind of moved out of the film industry and more into this teaching gig at the film school, and it was like, I could just focus on writing, on writing and writing. And slowly I kind of, these cameras just kind of, I don't know, came into my hands again. And, uh, it just kind of, I don't know. There's something about whenever I'm filming and I'm filming a lot now, uh, it always cut this moment is always in, in my mind of like, you could just get fucking like bulldozed by, by some random, you know, bolt of lightning right now. Um, so I don't know pay attention or something uh but also i just i guess i just couldn't get away from it making uh filming movies uh it's just something that ended up being a part of my life and uh and i did buy a new camera this week and um it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing. I think it really... If you... You should get a... Why not? You know, if you're looking for a... It's, a, it's just a, a fun thing to have. If you, if you can uh, get yourself a camera that's kind of different. And uh, it's a good thing to blow all your money on. If you're looking for something to do that with. Just make sure you use it a lot. There's nothing worse than buying like a really fancy piece of gear like that and then just like not using it. Like 
got to like if you if you buy a new camera or like any piece of like kind of gear like that, you just got to like really make a point of using it until it's fucking broken, until it's using it to death, you know? Like really like just shoot with it all the time. Just buy a 10 terabyte hard drive and just fill it up with the most stupid random shit and edit together your little movies and post them on YouTube. And I mean, who am I talking? I'm talking to myself, obviously, <laughs> but, um, that's what I'm inspired to do at the moment is just like use this new camera and just fill up all these hard drives and, uh, you know, it'll be good. And I, I think it's also a way of like, I think as I prepared for the baby, something about like, I guess this is kind of my way of um, being, being there and like being able to, I think what I worried is like, I don't, I wouldn't have like the ability to be present um, with the baby um, if it's just one-to-one -one talking I think that I think I I feel like I'm not my social skills actually aren't um, aren't that good but with the camera I guess in some way of doing something kind of uh, creative I guess I feel like I can communicate better and be there and like you know be more present um that's I think that's how I honestly feel and and, and I don't think that's a bad thing I maybe that could from the outside that could be seen as like kind of bullshit but I think that that's I think that's I'm happy about it <laughs> I think that's that's will work for me and uh and I'll learn how to kind of be present with my kid, but this is kind of my entry point. Um, because my social skills are like kind of fucked. Like they're not, I'm just not great at it. Um, and that's okay, but um, this is this is what happens. Holding the camera again. All right. This is the next poem on the list, The Bird That I Saw. I was standing at the corner eating potato chips and thinking about what I was doing. I was thinking about standing there eating potato chips. I'm thinking of the bird I saw in the park this morning. He was plucking a worm from the grass, standing with the worm in his beak. I'm happy to be the same as the bird that I saw. Um, that's a, that's a bold move, <laughs> but, uh, it's good. I was standing at the corner eating potato chips and thinking about what I was doing. I was thinking about standing there eating potato chips. I'm, I, and thinking of the bird I saw in the park this morning. He was plucking a worm from the grass. Standing 
with the worm in his beak. I'm happy to be the same as the bird that I saw. It's a, it's a good poem, even though it's so dumb. And I think I'm just like, look, like write something shitty and, and enjoy yourself. And this is an example of that. I think there's no more logic. The, the, the highest point of intellect in this particular poem is the connection between I'm literally standing, putting food into my mouth. And I'm thinking about how that is the same as a bird that I saw that was standing, putting food in its mouth earlier. Um, <laughs> creatures eat stuff. And um, I guess it's just nice that to, to notice the simple connection. And to, to feel this similar to um, to another creature of another an animal of a different species to feel that connection like look like i love watching my cat eat i don't know why i just think it's so it brings me a lot of happiness when i literally see him eating anything except for like plastic and things he shouldn't be eating but when i when he's like eating um like a you know can of tuna i'm just like i'm so happy to watch and because i identify with it I empathize with it. And so to, I guess just like to make that connection uh, is enjoyable. Sometimes I write a, a poem and I just kind of feel the need to justify it. Um, and uh, that's the kind of the whole point of this podcast. And, uh, and that's good. It's not the, this is, I don't know if I would even call this a good poem. I just think that it, I'm like, that worked for the day. But like, is this the poem I want? Like, you know, to someone to read? Not really. I think I would probably um, kill it, but I don't know. The truth is I I do kind of like it. So it's all right. But if I think about someone else reading this poem and judging it, then uh, I'm like, ah, I could probably find you a better one. But the truth is, this is one that I wrote and liked and enjoyed writing, and that's what it is. That's what it is. Okay. Unknown structure. Right. Okay. Today, I sat in the dentist chair. They played the news on a screen, while the hygienist scraped at my teeth. I saw that some kids in Winnipeg got hurt while on a field trip. The policewoman explained it vaguely. She said that she did not know what structure that they were standing on. Someone lit a firework off on a bus. The hygienist stopped what she was doing and we watched the footage. We went back She went back to scraping my teeth. At the end of the appointment, the dentist told me that I'm clenching my jaw a lot and it's messing up my gums. It isn't because of the kids or the fireworks. It is just because of whatever I've been doing. Unknown structure, it's called. Um... 
I feel like it's this is a little unclear. Today I sat in the dentist chair. They played the news on a screen. While the hygienist scraped at my teeth, I saw that some kids in Winnipeg got hurt while on a field trip. The policewoman explained it vaguely. She said that she did not know what structure that they were standing on. Someone lit a firework off on a bus. The hygienist stopped what she was doing and we watched the footage. She went back to scraping my teeth. At the end of the appointment, the dentist told me that I'm clenching my jaw a lot and it's messing up my gums. It isn't because of the kids or the fireworks. It is just because of whatever I've been doing. Okay, so I'm happy with actually the cadences of this poem. I can see like there's a certain rhythm that it's working with and that's that's really good. But um, here's the part that I would accused of being unclear it goes the policewoman explained it vaguely she said that she did not know what structure they were standing on and then it goes some someone lit off lit a firework off on a bus so i'm, I'm just going to add in star 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 but here's the problem let's see if this is fucked up one two three four five six one two three four nice okay um so there's 12 um, lines in the, the whole poem and then um, after the sixth group then that's where that point of strangeness was where the first thing on the news is about the kids that got hurt on the field trip and the second part is about someone that lit a firework off on a bus um, and I just felt like it jumped from one to the other and didn't really, um, there was no context for it. So I, I, I don't know. That seemed like confusing, but when I added in the star, star, star to break it up, it's right in the exact middle of, of the poem. So it's, it's symmetrical. And while that symmetry, that symmetry just matters when it comes to poems. I mean, it may not to you in the way you write, but to me, I'm like, I just crave it, I guess. And maybe now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, actually, it's pretty dumb. You should maybe let go of that. Not to abandon any, I don't know. I'm so minimal on form already. Maybe I should just kind of fucking leave that, you know. But what's the point? It's arbitrary to make it symmetrical. But then again, it uh, it just kind of balances it. It gives it that kind of split, so... Um, I don't know. I could do without this poem, but also it, it felt, this is what's weird is that, um, I really like, I'm gotten really bad at reading the news and keeping up with the news, like at all. It's like a few podcasts I listen to that like, I feel like, a keep me sort of looped in but i'm i'm like pretty illiterate with news at this point and uh the fact that i even i was like in the dentist chair and they had like the the cp24 like you know just news going on i saw all this stuff and i was like oh my god all these things are happening in the world that i'm usually don't have anything to do with 
So it was kind of fun to write about like the real events. This is like, you know, my journalism attempt. Um, but, uh, like looking back at it, I'm like, you know, okay, there's nothing really too meaningful here, except that I'm like, look, I went to the dentist and maybe my gums are fucked up and I saw some shit on the news and, uh, it's, it's banal, not in a way that maybe I necessarily want to repeat. I don't know. I guess I'm being hard on this one. Okay, let's go to uh, the next, somewhere along the line. Okay, I think this is the one that, uh, this is the one I've been hoping, uh, I've been excited to get to. So. Somewhere along the line, I got it in my head that writing poems is stupid and that writing them made me seem like a fool and a loser. But I've always loved writing poems, even despite myself. When I was younger, I used to study the great poets, but I never read poems anymore. Now I just write them. Now I'm thinking of sushi. Since my wife has been pregnant, we haven't had it much. Not like how we used to. I suppose I've been avoiding it in solidarity. Not because of altruism, but because of codependence. And codependence like poetry, seems to be something that I also can't help, and something that I don't understand. Laying these things out here in this poem is good. It is a way of putting the ideas down to rest. I will begin to reconsider the idea that writing poems is stupid, and that writing them will make me seem like a fool and a loser. Yeah. Um, that's a good, um, I feel like I wrote this and, um, and it kind of, the sentence I got somewhere, it stuck with me to admit, like, look, when you were young, you used to care and you used to study poets and read them and want to kind of get good at it. And think that there was, I guess I, I thought that there was somewhere to go or something with it all. And after, I guess I, I got disillusioned and I was like, uh, I was like, there's nothing to do with all these poems. It just isn't. And the one of the best mistakes I ever made was was uh okay let me let me uh lay it out this way writing poems was clearly a dead end in life even though that's all i wanted to do so i think in order to prove that i could write i was like okay what about novels that's like a that's a real thing and I worked on that and then that led I was like okay publishing there's a whole I could maybe get into the publishing industry so I moved to Toronto from Calgary so a town of about a million to however fucking many people in Toronto 
uh, depends how you look at it. I don't know, f what are we at? Four million, five million? How many people live in Toronto? So on, in 2017, there was three million, but I think, yeah, the GTA's got 6.3. So, you know, that's, that's where we live. So I moved up to this city that was way bigger than, than Calgary, where I grew up. And I started taking, I did this um, certificate program uh, in publishing. I was like, okay, maybe I can get a job in the publishing world just because it was adjacent to what I was doing. I was like 20, early 20s at this point. And, and then that whole industry was like right when the ebook reader came out and Penguin and Random House literally merged as companies. And I was like, what the fuck? That's like Coke and Pepsi being like, hey, uh, we're not so little people. We're making so little money off of selling colas that we're going to become the same company just to survive. Which to me was like, that was a, the reddest of all flags. Like, man, this is weird. And through that publishing program, it just kind of, I was like, I, to make a, a living, I guess, was like this thing about copywriting in the advertising industry was like, it was like, oh, like maybe that's a direction I could go in. I could like write stuff for, um, for a paycheck. And at least I'd be writing. And I'm so, I'm simultaneously so, so regretful of going in that direction, but also know how important it was, I guess, and how much I got out of it and how much I learned about myself by going in that direction as well. If I would have just stayed and just like, oh, I'm just going to write poems. I'm just going to write poems. I'm just going to write poems. I don't know if I would have known and didn't go and live the opposite life, which is writing marketing copy. Then I wouldn't have been able to, to return to, to writing poems and realizing with such clarity how, what it really meant, I guess, which is how I feel where I am now. So anyway, um, I gave up on, on, on the idea and I, I guess I did give up on it. I was like, it's stupid. It's fucking dumb. And I, and my, I think it's sad, but it's, but it's totally true. And then I guess when I let my guard down in life a bit and got a little more built a little more confidence and just kind of did what I wanted to do, I just started writing poems again. And now it's like, fuck, man, you really got to like, and that's what I was trying to say at the beginning of the episode is like, I got to like really reconcile this idea and just own it at this point because I've been avoiding and um, just grappling with it for, for a long time. It's just like, just get over it. Just fucking just write the poems. It's fine. No one cares. It's totally, <laughs> you have every right. But but somewhere in my head, I'm just like, I don't know. It's like, you got to get a real job and all this shit. And it's like, it doesn't, the, the two things are unrelated. Just just write your poems. It's fine. It's like, just be a hobbyist. It's great to allow yourself to be a hobbyist, you know? 
like that's we want to be professionals we have this idea of like doing the thing we like doing and being considered a professional it's like fuck off be a hobbyist that's what that's what it is it's enough the distinction between the two things is fucking bullshit and and just like grow up and and be in a be a great hobbyist you know that's that's what it is after writing this poem i went and i was like okay let's like who, who's around you know like really like let's let's you think okay so you you're being nostalgic about studying all the old poets so let's go let's figure some shit out went to the library found jack shit that i was interested in in the world of poems and then was thinking about my last conversation with um one of my all-time great friends in my life steven and i know the two poets that he i think that he brings up a lot are wh auden which i think is like to him is like the guy and we talked about philip larkin um as well which um are both guys i would have read before but larkin i understood a bit better auden i didn't quite understand so i i don't know i just kind of went down the rabbit hole you know when you're in like a google rabbit hole you're just like on an internet rabbit hole and just like just kind of poking around and stuff so it's definitely in that state library the go going on google this shit checking those guys out it's like this i feel like i can see this clearly my 36 year old self i'm like this this is working because a lot of the guys i would read you know that i really looked up to when i was in my 20s like the you know it's like frank o'hara kenneth coke um, you know, Ginsburg, Bukowski, like all of these kind of all-star kind of, you know, people in the, the world of poetry, like, I guess I just, they don't speak to my 36-year-old self, um, like they spoke to my early 20s-year-old self, from what I could tell. Um, but one guy that came up that I, I don't think I ever knew about or read before um, his name is Stanley, I think it was Kunitz, K-U, Stanley, K-U-N-I-T-Z, Stanley Kunitz, that guy, I was reading his stuff, and I liked it, I was like, I'm interested in, in, in reading more of this guy, so I was really happy to discover him, he's, uh, he's another dead guy, um, died 2006, I don't think I ever read him, so I got one of his books coming in from the library and I found a couple of his poems online and that was good. Um, so anyway, that's kind of, I was like, let's fucking, let's look under the rock here and see what kind of bugs and worms are, are going on. Um, so that was nice. See how it kind of transpires. But... It's my way of saying fuck it all, be yourself, and just 
let it go. Um, all right, one more. Some of the time, I am okay at it. Here I am, sitting on the front steps with my cat. We are enjoying the breeze and the shade. A bird swoops past, and he at once snaps upward and tries to nab it. That would have been a great lunch. Instead, we will stick to kibble. We're watching the leaves in the wind, and we're not thinking of much. Eventually, we will go back inside and return to clicking around the computer. It will feel like time is running out when we are clicking around the computer. It is complicated to be present. Some of the time, I am okay at it, and other times, I'm not here at all. That's probably the best one of the week. Um, yeah, and I and I wrote it earlier in the day. So here's another. Let me let me. I'll tell this one last little bit, and then I'll and then I'll call it for today. With these posts, usually I write them at the end of the day. It's kind of a tradition. Um, I just like, I just like how it feels to just like end the day with writing, uh, writing one of these things and then, and then shutting everything down and, and going to bed. But, and, but, but now I guess it, as I'm trying to like, look this thing, look at this thing more clearly and kind of reconcile what it is now that, what are we at? I've written 865 posts in, in this way kind of at the end of the night um, I'm like I'm superstitious but I'm like I should maybe I should work on it in the day maybe I should spend an hour on one maybe I should really like spend two hours there like you know what I mean like let's let's really look at this thing and and let go of all the bullshit and really kind of soak into it more than than I've been allowing myself to Maybe it'll fuck things up and I'll start taking it too seriously and whatever. Or maybe it'll be uh, the best thing I can kind of do for myself at this point. Let go of all of the other... I think what I'm, what I'm testing the theory... I think what I might be what might have happened and for me is that all of my other kind of like literary ambitions screenwriting copywriting novel writing short story writing email writing <laughs> all that shit maybe it was just a way of all of those things were just ways of avoiding myself and what myself wants to do is this is, is write poems that's what i'm trying to say and it's just been one it's been a decade and a half it's been it's been two decades because really i can at least since i was 15 years old i've been making fucking poems like this songwriting something i used to do when i was in high school um 
trying to be like, okay, like poems aren't enough on their own. Let's add music to them and give them all the production value and theatrics, and maybe then they'll, you know, be understood. So it's like, fuck it all. Twenty-five years. How old am I? Twenty years. <laughs> but then again, even when I was ten years old, I remember writing poems on my computer. When I was ten, I used to write about that in the earlier days. Anyway, fucking all my life just avoiding this stuff and uh it's all just one big procrastination from this maybe that's the truth maybe it is anyway it's i it's good to talk about it i feel like i'm uh where i need to be and uh, and thank you for for being here for it i thought as i was saying that i thought of one last thing i wanted to mention this week and then i'll close it down I did something funny and I deleted all of my emails from my whole life in one foul swoop and all my text messages. I set them to delete every 30 days, all of them, which I didn't have before. I literally had all my text messages from, I don't know, years. They just stayed there. I just didn't think about it. But I found a setting where it's like, after 30 days, all deleted, gone. And my emails, I deleted every fucking email I ever had. If you imagine the stack of paper of all your emails, I don't know, maybe some people already been doing this and it's not news to them, but it's like, just, that's fucking garbage. So I feel like such a release having, uh, there's like four emails in my inbox right now and they're all ones that, um, after I do what they're asking me to do, I will delete them and there'll be zero emails and no track record. And it's awesome. So my, uh, I think you should do it too, because it'll make the world a better place. And you'll, and, and the, you'll just feel more, you'll feel more open and, and you'll have more space even though it's taking up no space in your life and it's of no consequence, trust me, it's like without it and feeling the the empty space of not having all that fucking shit attached to you, um, it's good. There's nothing, I swear to God, there's nothing there in your inbox that you need. And if there is, uh, I think in, at least in my thing, I think I still have like 30 days to go through the trash and grab a, something if I remembered. You know, the only thing I needed was a lease agreement that I dug out of the trash the next day. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I should keep that. But everything else, I gone. I don't think I need. And maybe I do and I'll have to find it. But it, fuck it. Fuck it all. So anyway, thank you. That's today's show. Um, a good episode. And, um, and uh, we'll see you guys again. Um, next week.